And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Resourceful small business owners know how to get value from the purchases they already make for their businesses each month. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with benefits and features like four times membership rewards points that automatically adapt to your top two eligible spending categories every month on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. So you earn more where your business spends the most, plus up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible business purchases at select shipping, food delivery, and retail subscription merchants. And with flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business and access to 24-7 support from a business card specialist, you can continue to run your business with confidence. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Enrollment required. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash Business Gold Card. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Sunday, October 15th, and we are here trying to help you make better financial decisions. Maybe not optimized, maybe not the best. I'm not into that. I'm into what's right for you for this period of your life. We don't like to dwell on the past, only just to maybe unearth some of the information. But I don't really think it's helpful for you to dwell on all the mistakes you've made in the past. Let's move forward. That's what I like to do. So move forward with you. So give us a holler and we'd love to help you out. Let's talk to Mary, who's on the line from Texas. Well, my husband and I are looking at retiring in four years, and we just have some cash flow issue questions. Okay, let's do it. So my husband is 53, and he makes approximately $250,000 a year. Mm -hmm. And I'm 49, and I manage five rental properties. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. You're going to retire in four years? You guys are so young. You mean retire, retire, like do nothing or what? What are you talking about? Travel. We'd like to travel and, yeah, possibly do an RV or do some overseas travel. Extensive. Mm, extensive, like years. Like you're, you're out of here. Well, you know, being gone like six months at a time. Do you guys have kids? We do. We have um, two kids. One is launched. He's um, 20 and mostly launched. And the other is um, a junior in high school. Okay. So I see what, well, I see what we're pegging. Like, let's get this kid launched and then we're out of here. Yes. Um, okay. 
tell me a little bit about the rental properties. Do you have mortgages on them or do you or are they uh, paid for? And what's the rental income that they're uh, pushing out right now? So I'm getting about $2,400 a month from them. And most of them are paid for. I have two mortgages that total about $105,000. Would your plan be to keep those rental properties in your travels? Or do you think you'd sell them off? Or, you know, because obviously, you'd have to hire someone to manage them if you're not around managing them. Well, that's part of my cash flow question. So originally, I had wanted to sell one each year, and that would basically fund our travels. But my husband is saying, hey, they're such great investments. They're you know cash flowing. Why don't we just keep them? And that's going to fund our retirement. So mm. there's some disagreement there. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, yeah, they're cash flowing, but you're going to have to spend money to hire a manager, and that's going to reduce the cash flow, right? If you looked at the total amount of equity uh, in these rental properties? How much is how much does that represent approximately? Mm, conservatively, about 550000 For five properties? Yeah. Well, let's reduce that. Let's say 450 after the mortgage. <laughs> okay. Got it. So there's 450 Well, he's right. That's a good that's, that's really that, conservative. Yeah. I mean, but still, I mean, that is a lot of cash flow. If you're if you're cash flowing twenty four hundred a month on uh, even if we just you know four fifty, let's say five hundred thousand, that's uh, darn good. Okay, and you can afford to probably eat into that to some extent, right? Because you could potentially say, you know, I'll hire somebody. It'll be, I don't know, X number of dollars a year, and you can still get the, you know, essentially a nice cash flow where you know you're getting. Five five percent ish, you know, and it works. So I mean, it's it's like there's an emotional burden of it. So that's real. But he may be right in that you should look at each of these properties and determine which you know we're talking about them as a, sort of a monolith five at once. Maybe some are worth keeping and some aren't. So I get his point, which is the money that it's generating is definitely a chunk of money that you probably, which is a real, you know, good return on your investment, but it's going to be reduced. And the question is, once it's reduced, is it still looking quite as appealing? So that's one issue. All right. Now let us move on. So he makes 250 grand a year. Tell me about the money you guys have saved outside of real estate. Okay. So we have traditional IRAs of 790,000. Okay. Uh, Roth IRAs of about one hundred and thirty-five thousand, a four hundred one k of um, about one point one two five million. Yep. A inherited stretch IRA of fifty-five thousand. We have um, our emergency fund of seventy-five thousand. Taxable brokerage account of about one hundred and twenty-five thousand, and college savings of one hundred and thirty-five thousand. Okay, got it. One more thing, and yeah. the biggest thing is um, my husband also has an employee stock option plan um, worth about $700,000. Whoops, that was a little rounding error on your part. Well, I forgot about seven hundred grand. no problem. Um, wow, you guys have saved a ton of money. Okay, you're young, right? So you say four more years. Yeah, so my then- question, sorry to interrupt. My question is, should we be putting that money into... The, the Roth IRAs and doing a rollover, given that we're going to have a chunk of change when we re- retire, going back into another IRA, going back into the IRA. This is this is interesting because you have so much money that is pre-tax, right? Two million bucks about. So 
if you could somehow start to think about getting some of the money out or converted, that would be good, um, I think. But let me ask you a question. The rental properties, when you have that income um, and you were thinking about having that kind of income and you're looking forward, how much money were you thinking you need for the next four years the, after you retire, right? The four fun years, let's call it four or five years, right? Those super fun years. And then what's the number you need just to maintain your lifestyle? So I want two different numbers, the we're going crazy travel years, and then kind of the more consistent retirement income need. Um, well, our spending, I mean, we live really well at about 100,000 and that's in our current city. I would probably say 150 to travel, so I, I don't I don't know. I mean, that might even be less. If you are thinking about sort of picking up and going, um, you have a primary residence as well. Would you maintain that primary residence? Or are you planning to sell that? Yes, we would maintain it. It would. I figured out that the cost to just you know keep the lights on while we're gone and everything would be about fifteen thousand dollars a year. Okay, got it. And when you look ahead, um, in terms of your 60s, you know, kind of after you've had this big travel bug satisfied. Social Security, do you have estimates for both you and your husband? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's probably 3000 a month. Okay. All right. That's fine. Here's a problem as I see it. Not a problem, a, qu- a query. Okay. You have a lot of money and you've done a great job of accumulating assets. So that's fantastic. So that's where I'm smiling. I'm saying that's great. However, most of your money is in pre-tax assets. Obviously, um, even though your husband may be, you know, 59 and a half when you begin your great adventure um, and you can pull that money out, you're going to have to pay tax on it. And once you kind of kick up the spending, then you are faced with a very interesting conundrum around where do you pull the money from? So on one hand, I would love for you guys to convert so a bunch of your money. But I don't think you should be necessarily doing that and burning up all the cash you have on hand, right? Because you have your, your emergency reserve fund. You have this 125 grand in the brokerage account. But that's really like, to me, that's, you know, sort of your first year of travel, right? Because 125 in the brokerage plus, you know, maybe have 25 grand that's potentially coming from your, your rental properties. But, you know, that's year one. What happens year two? Yes, I don't want to retire unless we have, you know, about half a million in cash. Right. And so then the query is like, how do we get that half a million out in cash, right? Because you are in, look, you're in the 24% tax bracket right now. That's a real tax bracket. It's not terrible, but it is, um, you know, you could start to maybe not convert into Roth, but I actually think that like, you know, that you may want to start thinking about saving a bunch more money after tax that's in that brokerage account. I'm just wondering, I know this sounds nutty, but let me just ask, how would you feel if I said to you, you know what, forget about the Roth conversion. For the next four years, what I really want you to do is instead of putting that money into a retirement account, I think you should just actually put in your brokerage account. I think your brokerage account is a little bit of the weak link here, the non-retirement asset, okay? It's not so much that I need you to convert your Roth, which I would if you weren't having this crazy ass plan of like, I want to travel for five years, right? I would be talking to you about, let's slowly start converting. Let's keep you, let's convert as much as you can when you're in the 24% tax bracket. But if you really want to do this, 
this thing called the five-year travel plan, then you need more money outside of retirement and outside of the uh, the real estate market. You're going to have to bring that to bear. And it would be tax inefficient to do it. Sorry, but you know what? That's If you really want to do it, that's what you have to do. And if you said to me, oh, you know, we'd rather work longer or that, okay, maybe, but I still think your main problem is that you have so much money in pre-tax assets that I'm not so concerned about, you know, your, your retirement numbers, because I think you're fine. I think that your retirement's going to be just fine. But if you really want to take this sidestep out of the workplace and out of retirement savings and try to have some fun, then I think you are really looking at taking the money from your cash flow and pre-funding the travel years. That's what I think. Now, I will say this. Once you're done, then we have to look at kind of where the world is, right? I mean, if you said to me, that was a crazy thing. We got to uh, $400,000 in the brokerage account. It's three years from now. Let's just pretend. And uh, life's great. Then, you know, we could make different decisions. I think the other opportunity that you guys should think about is, you know, the plan around the rental real estate providing that necessary lump sum. So maybe it's not this year, but you know, you do have a real estate market that's a bit on fire right now. And is there something to be said for looking at these five properties, analyzing which ones really you get the best bang for your buck or the easiest to manage or something like that and saying, well, you know, let's get a real leg up on our plans by taking some money off the table and having that money set aside. And I think that there that's the balancing act that you guys need to, I don't know the markets these that these properties are in, and I don't know what it, the cost is, but I think you should start to really looking at what is it that these properties are providing us? How much work does it take? And are we better off at least with a couple of them taking the money putting it to work or maybe even, um, you know, having some arrangement. Do you have like, do you have good renters? Like how much of a pain in the neck has this been? It's not a pain at all. I have great renters, but that being said, my rents are not optimized. Let's put it that way. Mm. You're a softie. If I were to, I am a softie. And if I were to turn it over to a rental, a property manager, they could better optimize the rents. And so, you know, it, it probably, I would probably still net the same amount. Well, I think that that's something you should start exploring. I do. I mean, and it also might give you a little bit of solace not to be on the hook for that process, you know, um, which is not to say it's been onerous, but, you know, sometimes we're not the best negotiators for, and I don't mean you should be, you know, a hard ass or they, that the, that the rental, that, that, that any agent should really like kill these folks. But I do think that, in preparation for four or five years from now, maybe even start thinking about, well, what is it that I want to do? And I do think that some of this is about an emotional burden as well. So, you know, I don't know, how would you feel if three years from now you're in, where should we put them, Mark? Should we put them in Paris? Let's say you're in Paris, you're hanging out, you're having your cafe au lait and your croissant, and you get a a little ring on your phone from your rental agent uh, who says, uh, you're not going to believe it. Joe Schmo, your lovely tenant, dropped dead, and and now we're going to be vacant for a while, and I don't know how that's going to go. You you have to tell me how much that's going to bother you because I think the idea of this ownership 
it certainly is possible that you use it and it's funding all this future income stream or, you know, a little extra money coming in, right? Maybe it's probably going to be between the rental property and your social security. You're going to have half of your financial, maybe two thirds of your um, income needs in later retirement met. So that's great. And then you have plenty of money to fund the difference. But how much emotionally? That's a question you should ask yourself. You know, having these properties are always in the back of my mind. Yeah, I don't. I okay. I'm a wimp. I mean, I can tell you that that your husband is right. Cash flow wise, it sounds like these are pretty interesting properties. But maybe you know, two of them are fantastic and really like the easiest. And maybe you keep those two and you start thinking about selling the others. But I think a little additional analysis would be really worth your time and energy. I think that what would be good is that if you kind of don't worry so much about tax efficiency, but if that plan of travel is the most important thing to you, then let's make it happen and you need some money to fund it, okay? Great. Thanks so much. If you would like to join us and discuss something going on in your financial life, all you need to do is go to the website, jillonmoney.com, jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button. And of course, let us know if you're willing to come on the air live. Do me a favor, lift someone up today, change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Resourceful small business owners know how to get value from the purchases they already make for their businesses each month. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with benefits and features like four times membership rewards points that automatically adapt to your top two eligible spending categories every month on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. So you earn more where your business spends the most, plus up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible business purchases at select shipping, food delivery, and retail subscription merchants. And with flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business and access to 24-7 support from a business card specialist, you can continue to run your business with confidence. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Enrollment required. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash businessgoldcard.